This past week has been a very stressful week for me. Uh, Ellie came, came down with some severe abdominal t- pain t- with fever. The doctors were not able to diagnose the problem until five days later. She had perforated uh, appendicitis and was rushed to ER. We were all set for her to, to have her appendix removed. However, when the surgeon uh, came in, he explained patiently how Ellie's colon as well as her small intestine and the appendix were all inflamed. And based on the extra complication, he advised not to have surgery, but instead to put on an aggressive IV antibiotic therapy. Surgeons usually are um, pictured uh, in a bad reputation as being cold and being knife-happy. Well, that was not the case with this surgeon. He was, uh, had excellent bedside manners. He took extra time to explain in detail all that was going on in Ellie's body. And when we asked if he would to explain it to us once again to, uh, so that I could videotape it, so I could remember and explain things to other people, he was very glad uh, to, to do so. In a, man, in a matter of fact, he went on outside to find a marker so that he could draw a diagram as he explained patiently everything that was going to happen and is happening. What will yield to his recommendation? And we thank God uh, everything went well. And Ellie was discharged last Friday. I see this surgeon as my hero. Actually, he was an unexpected hero. Elliot uh, told him that she was glad that he wasn't a knife-happy person. And he chuckled and said, I usually am. A couple of Sundays ago, we started a new preaching series called Heroes of Our Faith. Today, we're going to study the life of Rahab, who's actually an unexpected hero. She was introduced in verse 1 in this passage as a prostitute, an immoral pagan Gentile. Yet she was acknowledged as one of the heroes of our faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And on that long list of heroes, there were two women that were identified, namely Sarah, the wife of Abraham, and Rahab, the prostitute. Sarah, being a godly woman, the wife of the father of the Jewish race, and she was the one who bare Isaac into the world. However, on the other hand, we see Rahab was, uh, had a very different background. 
For she was an ungodly Gentile who worshipped pagan gods and sold her body for money. Prostitutes were viewed as rejects, terrible sinners. Here we see two very contrasting individuals as heroes. But what do they have in common? Although they might have different background, they both demonstrated saving faith in the true and living God. Rahab was also mentioned two other times in the Bible. We see in James chapter 2, J- James used Abraham and Rahab together as an illustration of what saving faith is as it proved itself by good works. And the third occurrence of Rahab was recorded with Jesus, the Messiah in the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 1. Rahab was listed with Jacob and and King David and all other well-known heroes in the Old Testament. Although... She was a pagan prostitute. She ended up in the genealogy of the Messiah. You see, Rahab was the mother of Boaz, whose great-grandson was King David. See, out of God's grace... He used an unexpected individual to do great things for the Lord. God has said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27-29, says that he uses foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise and to use the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which was mighty. I knew of a gangster that served sentence in prison because of violent crime. But he came to know the Lord, and he was changed. And now he is serving as a deacon for the Lord in his church. See, God can change and transform anyone inside out no matter what kind of past one might have had in the past. For some of us, we might have had a messy and ugly past. But God can still use us to do great things for him, as we see in the life of Rahab. Well, what did Rahab do that deserved so much recognition? She was recognized for her faith. Well, what does this faith look like? Well, I want to point out four characteristics of her faith. First, courageous faith. Secondly, confident faith. Thirdly, concerned faith. And fourthly, covenant faith. 
I like to look at each one of them and go into a little bit more in detail. First of all, Rahab's courageous faith is demonstrated as she risks her life to protect the spies. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Joshua chapter 2, read verse 1. Verse 1, it says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute, whose name was Rahab, and lodged there. See, Jericho was a very strategic city in Joshua's plan to conquer Canaan. It is located in the middle of Canaan. And Joshua, anticipating taking over Jericho, which, where Joshua will cut straight across and divide the land in half. It makes it much easier for him to overtake the cities in the north as well as city in the south. God has promised Joshua back in Joshua chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I, will, I have given to you, just as I have promised to Moses. See, the covenant-keeping God has promised to Joshua that God has given the land to them already. However, he needs to claim it. Every step that he's going to take, God says, I will give it to you. See, the word given is used many times throughout the book of Joshua as an affirmation that God is a covenant-keeping God. Joshua knew that God has given the land to him already. However, he still has some personal responsibilities to check out the land as well as the people. See, a good general wants to know as much as possible about the enemy before he, he goes and takes it over. As Joshua sends out the two spies to check out the city of Jericho, it reminds me of a familiar incident that took place some 40 years ago where Moses was leading God's people into the promised land, and he sent out 12 spies to check out the land as well as the people. And as they went in, just as God promised, the, the land was filled with milk and honey. However, 10 of the 12 spies came back, and they felt overwhelmed by the inhabitants of the land. And they were not willing to trust God to lead them into the promised land. And because of their lack of faith, the people were disciplined. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And now, we see they have a second chance. What's going to happen this time to these two spies as they go in to check out Jericho? Are they going to focus on God and trust God? Or are they going to focus on problems that they might need to encounter? Well, God, being a sovereign God, directed these two spies into the house of a prostitute named Rahab. 
although it seems to be an illogical, it's illogical, yet God has good reasons. I believe God's purpose for the spies to go into Jericho is more than a secure military information. I'm convinced because of God's grace, they sent these spies into Rahab's house to save Rahab and her family. It appears that Rahab was the only person in Jericho that believed and respond to the God of Israel. Another reason why Rahab's house was selected is because it was located on the wall of Jericho. We will find later on in our passage that the spies escaped through the window of Rahab's home. This shows that God was in total control of everything. He had everything planned. He sees the whole picture. Somehow, the spies were detected, and someone reported to authority that they saw these spies going to Rahab's house. And when the king heard of this, he quickly sent soldiers to Rahab's house to capture these spies. They demanded that Rahab turn over these men. Well, Rahab had a really important decision to make, whether, whether to turn these spies over or not. Rahab's courageous faith was demonstrated as she risked her life to protect the spies. Let us read what she had to say to the soldier, beginning in verse 4. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, true, the men came to me, but I do not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hit them with the starts of the flax. And she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the forts. And the gates were shut as soon as the pursuer has gone out. We see Rahab did not deny seeing the two spies. But she told them that the spies took off and left the city. She encouraged the soldiers not to waste any time to go and pursue after them, and, and, and they, they, they might be able to catch up and catch these spies. Without any hesitation, the soldiers took Rahab at her word and left pursuing the spies without searching her place. Her courageous faith enables her to assist the spies in their cause. She was not afraid to hide them. See, faith and work go hand in hand, faith and work. In James chapter 2, verse 17, it says, So also faith by itself, if it does not have work, is dead. If the king found out of her deception, 
it would have cost her her life. You might say, well, wait a minute. Rahab just lied to these soldiers. How can she be commended for such an ungodly behavior? Can one say the end justify the means? Is that okay? The Bible says clearly that lying is a sin. We see this in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. Saying the lie of Rahab was stated here in thee, but never approved. The scripture approved of her faith, demonstrated by good works as she risked her life to protect the spies. Her faith was not hidden. Are we willing to stand up to God's truth, although it might not be well accepted in our culture? God is a pro-life God, and we should be pro-life. God has compassion for the poor, and we demonstrate compassion for the poor also. God hates divorce, and we ought to also hate divorce. We've seen Rahab's courageous faith demonstrated. Now, a second description of Rahab's faith is in her confident faith. For it goes beyond her head knowledge of God to her belief in action. Let us read from verse 8 to 11. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you have fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sichon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man's because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. Faith. It's only as good as the object of our faith. May we not put our faith in something that might be false or based upon superstition. Rahab based her faith in the God of Israel, who has done great things. She realized that it could only be accomplished by the true God of the universe. As I mentioned earlier, Ellie was in excruciating pain earlier during the week. And we were talking to our grandson, Toby, who was four-year-old. And after he heard what Ellie was going through, he said, he said in a confident way, God will take care of you. God will take care of you. And God will take care of you. Oh, I thought he was a preacher or something. 
I mean, he said it in, with great conviction three times out of the blue with, without anybody prompting him. Well, that was confident faith. I was talking uh, to a member a couple days ago who applied for dental school. Now, although she knew of someone close to the person that was going to interview her, for dental school, but she decided not to bring it up, not to have that person to kind of give a few good words for her. She wanted to trust God. She believed that if God opens doors and God closed doors, and she was willing to be obedient to God, whatever it might be, although it, it was her first choice, that school. She had confident faith in the Lord. We see in Scripture, it says that all the inhabitants of the land have heard what the God of Israel had done. All these people have heard the great things. They've heard that God has part of the Red Sea and that the people walked on dry land. They've heard that God has victory over two kings of the Amorites and that God crushed them and destroyed them. Now, the key is not hearing, but how do we respond when we hear of what God is doing? We see that Rahab acknowledged that the Lord was responsible for the drying of the Red Sea and giving victory of the two Amorite kings. And after she heard it, I probably, she probably might have said something like, well, that's impossible. It can only be the true God that have done this. See, one thing is to know intellectually, but it is another to believe in one's heart personally. It is one thing to be convinced about something that have happened, but it's another to respond in action. We see in verse 9, it says, All the inhabitants of the land melted away before you, but it was only Rahab, that responded in confident faith. She was so convinced of who God is, she, she was willing to risk her life to protect the spies. Rahab also gone on and said and proclaimed, For the Lord your God, He is God in the heaven above and the earth beneath. You see, the, you need to remember that Rahab is a pagan <laughs> that, that worship false gods, that worship idols. Yet we see here she acknowledges that there is a supernatural designer that created the universe. And she believed that this God is the God of Israel. She is going against her culture. She's going against her tradition. That is a bold move. She was confident that the miraculous acts are the work of the true God. And as a result, she placed her trust in the power and authority of the Lord. This reminds me of a former Indian classmate of mine who placed his faith 
in Jesus Christ. He turned away from Hinduism, which was his family religion. Although he was kicked out of his family, he still holds true to his faith in Jesus Christ. Rahab's confident faith goes beyond the hit knowledge of God to her belief in action. We see in the latter part of the passage how Rahab were requested to do some very odd things. But because of her confident faith, she obeyed. She was asked to tie a scarlet cord in the window to indicate that she and her family is living there. True confident faith will result in action. We have witnessed Rahab's courageous faith and her confident faith. Another description of her faith is a concern faith. And we see this in verses 12 to 14. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother and my brothers and sisters and all who belongs to them and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, our life for yours even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Here we see Rahab's concerned faith is displayed when she asked the spies to save her family. Now, once Rahab has witnessed and experienced the grace and mercy of God, she immediately desired for her family to be rescued also. We have seen a number of examples in scriptures where individuals have personally experienced God's mercy and they immediately think about someone else that needs to be rescued. We've seen the woman at the well. That she had a burden for those people that were back in the town. And we see in Andrew... Where, when, uh, who immediately thought about his brother, Simon. And, and Andrew brought Simon to Jesus. And, and we also have seen an example of the cleansed leper who told someone about Jesus because he wanted them to be cleansed also. Do we think about those that are closest to us? that they need to be rescued from the bondage of sin? Do we value our free gift of salvation from the Lord so much that we want to make sure that our loved ones will know about it also? My, daughter, my daughter's mother-in-law did not know the Lord and I asked the Lord to give me opportunity to talk to her about the gospel. And I was thrilled when she placed her trust in Christ and was baptized 
here, actually, in this church two years ago. I also pray for my unsaved parents for 38 years. It was in God's timing when the Lord used my dad's doctor to lead my parents to the Lord. On one of the doctor's appointments, the doctor shared that he was planning to have heart surgery, although he's not certain what's going to happen with the surgery. He said he knows for certain that he was going to heaven. And that prompted my dad to ask, how does he know for certain that he's going to heaven? And the doctor shared the gospel with my parents. And in, in his offense there, my parents believed and were saved. Rahab wanted assurance from the spies that her family will be protected when the Israelites come to take the city of Jericho. She asked that she and her family be spared when the Israelites capture Jericho. She did not have any doubt that God was going to be victorious just as God has parted the Red Sea and overcome the two kings, he will also be victorious in having victory over Jericho. The two spies agreed to spare Rahab's family. They assure her in two ways. First, they assure and they pledge their word. And secondly, they pledge their lives. Remember what they said in verse 14. It says, and the men said to her, our lives for yours even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. This promise is based on a condition. Rahab must promise to not tell anyone in the city what happened other than her family members. You see, one can ask for big requests when he has confidence in the object of his faith. The more one knows of who the Lord is, the more confidence he can go before the Lord and to make a big request. Rahab is making a big ask. But she knows that God is not only powerful that could part the Red Sea, but she knows that God is also a merciful God. And as a result, she asks that this God would spare her as well as her family. We have covered three descriptions of Rahab's faith. She has a courageous faith, a confident faith, a concerned faith. In the fourth description, that he, she has a covenant faith. Now, before the spies were let down the rope through the window, the, man, the men made a covenant with Rahab. Let's take a look in verses 17 and 18. It says, The men said to her, We will be guiltless with respect to this oath 
of yours that you have made of us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and you shall gather into your house your father and mother and your brothers and all your father's household. You see, a covenant is an agreement between two or more parties where there are certain conditions that are laid down for each party to obey. Throughout the Old Testament, there are many covenants that were introduced, such as the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, the new covenant. And before the spies left, they reiterated this covenant that they had with each other. For the spies, they promised that they would deal kindly toward Rahab and her family members when the Lord gives them the land. However, there were several conditions that Rahab need to uphold to, three of them specifically. One, she was supposed to not tell anyone in the city what happens except her family members. Secondly, they're to tie a scarlet cord in the window where the spies were let down. And thirdly, they were to get, he, she was to gather her family and, and for them to stay in her house. Note how Rahab responded in verse 21. And it says, she said, according to your words, so be it. Then she sent them away, and they departed. And she tied the scarlet cord in the window. It requires covenant faith to be obedient to the three requests. If she truly believed, then she responds positively to it, and she will be saved. But if she does not think it is possible, believable, she will not respond. Right away, we see in this passage that Rahab tied the scarlet cord on the window. She did not waste any time. This speaks about her covenant faith. Quick to respond. Quick to obey. Now, often in biblical covenant, God provides a physical sign to remind the people of what God has promised. You might remember the rainbow was a sign to Noah that God, that God was not going to curse uh, the world with a flood again. And God's covenant with Abraham was sealed with the rite of circumcision. And the Lord used the, the, the broken bread and the cup of wine that's a sign of the new covenant. For Rahab and the spies, a sign is the scarlet cord tied to the window of her house. This scarlet cord is a sign to the army of Israel that this house is redeemed. The color scarlet or red reminds me of the blood that was placed on the doorpost in Egypt during the Passover. All those who believe in what God said through Moses by putting blood on the doorpost were saved. The angel of death then passed over them. 
Now all the firstborn that do not have blood on the doorpost will face death. The spies return to the camp of Israel safely. They told Joshua all what has happened to them. Now let's take a look in verses 23 and 24. Then the two men returned. They came down from the hill and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and they told him all that has happened to them. And they said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has given all the land into our hands. And also, all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. Note that final statement from the spies. They gave reassurance that God will deliver Jericho into their hand. Their response was much different from the spies that Moses sent out 40 years ago. We see these two spies focus on the Lord, who is the covenant-keeping God, who has promised to give them the land that was promised to Moses. The covenant-keeping God demonstrated grace by saving his people as well as Rahab's family. We have seen Rahab as a hero in this story. However, Jesus really is the ultimate hero of all mankind because he has paid the ultimate price by dying on the cross and taking away the penalty of sin and providing salvation for all. Our sins, they are many, but his mercy is more. Let's bow for prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you, Lord, um, for your grace. For surely none of us deserve salvation, but you love us. You're the ultimate hero. Thank you for saving us. And regardless of one's past, whether it's good or bad, you can still use us for your kingdom. We see this in Rahab. And Lord, we thank you for her faith being demonstrated, her courageous faith, confident faith concerned faith as well as her covenant faith. May we learn from her to truly place our faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen.